FIFA fans around the world, we're recording this on Wednesday, September 22nd, the early, early release of FIFA 22. It's finally here. And as always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm your host, Andrew. Welcome to your not weekly, but definitely going to be weekly again, edition of the Foot Fix. Tyler, as always, kicking things off on this lovely Wednesday night. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Bend Oregon Deschutes Hazy IPA. I went all in on just all things Tyler, Hazy IPAs, Deschutes Brewing. Deschutes is the most well-known Bend Oregon brewery. Andrew, I'm sure you can find a Deschutes beer at your local liquor store. Uh, it's our pride and joy of Deschutes County, Oregon. Uh, how about yourself? Well, I thought about opening champagne, but instead I went with Bullet Bourbon on the rocks. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. But first, I think we want to say rest in peace to FIFA 21. And in fact, we have talked and recorded a podcast since you guys all heard us. And it was just a shit show. Uh, the audio was all kinds of fucked up. So we didn't post it because while we don't necessarily have standards, it was unlistenable too. Yeah. And that was my fault. Uh, I got a new laptop. I changed jobs recently and didn't really test anything out. I just went full steam ahead right into it. And sure enough, something went wrong. And every time I spoke in the podcast, just the whole thing was all garbled. And, you know, I figured just not even worth putting out. But the, the only thing from FIFA 21 that I think is really worth talking about at this point was how insanely awesome the 85 times 10 uh, SBC was uh, in conjunction with the icon player pick. It basically led you the opportunity to just arbitrage between the two to either make coins and or just pack incredible cards all along the way. And if you were willing to spend an unlimited amount of time, you could pack basically any player in the game or craft any SBC that was out there. And so I, and when of course, you say, when you say spend an unlimited amount of time, how many 85 times tens did you do? And how many icon player picks did you do? Well, thanks to someone on Twitter who shared how to uh, basically hack the web app to, to figure out how you can actually go in and check. And I checked after I finished and I packed everyone that I wanted to. I had to buy Team of the Year Mbappe, but I packed everyone else, including the, the 99 Neymar. And I did 625 of the 85 <laughs> times 10 and over 100 of the icon player picks. So it was, it was a lot. It was a huge grind, but it was a ton of fun. And if I ever for any reason, want to go back to FIFA 21, I'm going to have every player in the game, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, I, I think you ended with all kinds of comical in-game squads. With like, I think you probably could have close to a 99 overall rated squad and full icon squads and full just everything. So that was great. Um, good for you for kind of sticking to the end. Yeah, you know, I hope they do that every year. Want to go back to that shitty game? Because yeah, um, we'll see. I actually, I mean, I had fun. I played ten games of Rivals. Not, I mean, yesterday because FIFA 22 wasn't out yet, and I was, I'm just an addict. And actually, I played like four games of Draft and six games of Rivals. But I still like it. But rest in peace, FIFA 21. We are moving on to FIFA 22. Uh, I, I think it's time, Andrew. You mentioned you were thinking about popping some champagne. Just. 
initial thoughts? Like, how are you feeling? Are you hyped? Are you skeptical? Like, what's your what's your mentality heading into FIFA 22? Both, both. Uh, I am I am quite excited. I actually went into the day a little bit less excited, and knowing that we were recording the podcast and just even getting into the console and playing, I got pretty hyped. But I have some concerns. I don't know if you've seen them. I've only played maybe two hours worth of squad battles. I think you've played more than I have so far. Some things I'm noticing. One, I don't know how to fuck to play this game. I think that's the first thing is I'm playing. I think I actually have a decent starter squad without doing any trading or anything yet. I've had a busy day of work and then wanted to play a little bit and then we're recording now. Uh, So I really have a generic starter squad. We'll get into that later on this podcast. But so one thing I noticed very quickly, is dropback still going to be the meta this year? Because it certainly felt like in squad battles, the AI was dropping back eight to 10 guys in the box, and it was very hard to break down. And it, I don't know. I mean, obviously you got to play more than a couple of hours of this game to figure that out. But it, to me, it seemed like that might've been a big problem that they might not have fixed. Yeah, I think I definitely have felt it. So, you know, real quick, I have played a little bit more. I played initially when I first jumped into the game, I played three games of beginner squad battles only to get the hundred finesse goal objectives done and milestones and to make some progress on some of the the other uh, finishing and assist milestones, uh, which is just the way I like to start a new game. It's like immediately crank out path to good packs. Wait, you did a hundred finesse goals already today? Oh yeah, in three games. I played three games. The first thing, literally I loaded up FIFA 22, got my shitty bronze, silver, a couple of gold card Brazilian team. And the first thing I did was go play the featured team of the week and the featured team on beginner squad battles. So you get 1500 points for each of those two wins. And I scored 50 goals against the team of the week team. And then I scored 30 against the, the uh, feature squad. And then I went in and played one more squad battles game and finished out that finesse thing. And then also while I'm doing that, I'm only using 80 plus midfielders for like literally everything because there's a few other things. If you score or assist with an 80 plus rated player, uh, assists with a midfielder, like all those things get you like extra advantages towards some of these other milestone objectives. And I was like, I at least wanted to make progress on those while I started. So yeah, first three games were all beginner squad battles. And that got me, um, the 100 finesse goals got me a rare player pack, rare player pack. And within that, I packed a Thibaut Courtois, a Casemiro, and a Bruno Fernandez as like the three best players. Everyone else was pretty shit, but still, those are all three high-rated players. Bruno is like 145K on PlayStation right now, so he's like really great but that that in itself gave me like a really good foundation for just like how I wanted to start and uh that's kind of how I I like to attack FIFA is just like let me get a couple of good players in my squad and then build around it versus I know a lot of people like to build their their starter squad like way in advance and know the players that they're looking for it's like I'm just gonna see who I pack and then build around that and that gives it a little more spice a little more fun for me it's just it feels more like up to the the gods of what they want to bless me with. And and I'm going La Liga. I got Casemiro and Courtois. So let's go. Yeah, you'll say that until you pack like Hungman's son tonight. 
So yeah, exactly. Well, all prem, baby, all prem. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I can say I also did play the team of the week featured because there's a you know, it's one of the objectives or milestones or something too. So I went ahead and did that. So I played it in world-class and won seven to one with a, like Moises Keen being my best player in my squad. Like, wow, you that's baller. A, no, that's a bad squad is my point. Cause I played some other squad battle games and had to eke out like two, nothing, three, nothing wins and stuff. So um, it's just, I, and so that's one other thing I noticed. I was wondering if Kim style is going to matter even more this year. I guess it always matters a lot in the beginning when, every boost is a plus 10 or a minus 10 to even a team of the week squad has average ish stats. And so probably being on a 30 Kim is going to be very noticeable for even a 90 rated squad. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, one thing I realized, I, I actually didn't answer your question about dropback and all that. I got so excited about talking about the games that I had played. Um, well, and you played some rivals too, right? So did you see people playing dropback in rivals yes, or exactly. some type of bullshit like load the box up stuff? Yeah, that's where I was intending to go with that conversation. And then I got so excited about my packs that I forgot to tell you. Um, yeah, so after those three squad battles matches, I decided to just jump into rivals. And because the, the actual rivals cutoff is in like six hours from now or something. Uh, it's like tonight. And so it's kind of like the old normal schedule of late Wednesday night for me, uh, early Thursday for probably most of our listeners. And I was like, oh shit, like I can probably jump into Rivals and play some games and make some progress to that. And to get out of uh, rank 10 into rank nine, you have to win three games. And I was like, all right, well, I got plenty of time. Let me see if I can win these three games. And yeah, I actually won my first three games. Like it was like, you know, still pretty shitty squad, like nothing special. Uh, but honestly, you, I are think div- you are a division one player. Like let's not kid ourselves. Like this, this is the nice part of the start of the game is everybody's in division 10 right now. And so a division one player like Tyler gets to play everybody. And so well, that's going to be everyone that's that, doing I, the, the EA access, which I would, I would argue if you're buying like ultimate edition or doing EA access, like you're probably on like the, the more obsessed level. So you're more likely to be a better player, but you're right. Like, I mean, I am well, a, a low tier D one player, even D two uh, at times last well, year. That's probably better. Than it's also through, it's also available through EA play. So you could be facing people who are complete newbies because quite frankly, I play a lot of the EA games that are on the 10 hour trials. Like I'll play Madden. That's how I got in NHL last year was doing it. You know, yeah. I'll play anything. If you're going to give me a free 10 hour play, I was like, yeah, shit, I'll download it and try it for a few hours. And so God knows how bad I got beaten in NHL online and stuff, just trying to like figure out whatever, you know, yeah, stuff. So you totally. might be playing some of that, but and that's actually more of a shout to, you know, listeners and all, if you're like worried about playing rivals or anything now might actually be a good time to play. Cause everybody's figuring the game out and everything's kind of new. So even though, yes, you might run into elite players. You also might run into bad players. It's kind of, I think could be the whole gamut. Yeah. I, and that was kind of my experience. Uh, and you're right. And, just for our listeners, like because Andrew and I are in North America, it is very common for people in our area to be playing Madden and NHL. Those are probably both more popular games than FIFA here. And Madden just came out with a new game. So it's very likely that people had 
EA Play for whatever was happening with Madden pre-release. EA Play was only 99 cents to, to download, to even play FIFA. And I played a guy that I smacked 7-0 in my second game of, of Rivals today. And he clearly had no idea what he was doing. And he was probably one of those folks who's like, hey, I'll just give this a try and try to figure out what's happening. And it just didn't go his way. Like I was, yeah. I was probably way uh, above his skill grade. And anyway, I won a, a bunch of games. And then I, after I won five games of Rivals, I then started, like I was in rank nine, starting to play a few more. Like, I mean, I played a guy that had probably a million point squad already. He had Petit, the icon, as the CDM, Inform Salah at right wing. And I was like, oh shit, like this guy's like, this guy's a baller. And this guy's a game changer. Is yeah, this guy's... We'll, we'll get to that when you finish the sentence. <laughs> this guy may have been playing longer than, than 10 hours. Um, and anyway, to answer your whole question about dropback, that was the game where I really felt like he was super narrow and then everything was just dropped back. And then he was really doing a lot of like lofted passes to the wing and then just running down the byline and then just trying to figure out like what to do. And like, he was often shooting from the byline, like literally like a one degree angle on goal, like wasn't going to work. And maybe just getting impatient, waiting for a trailing runner to come back in the middle but it was clearly like counterattack football. And one thing I'll say, I am still playing the 4-4-2 base formation that EA sets up for you. Like literally you load into the game and like your starter squad just appears in the 4-4-2. I have not touched custom tactics at all. Even now I've played 10 games of, of online play. I've played my three games of squad battles. I've still not touched custom tactics because I just want to like get a feel for the game and I don't care. Like, it's like, I'll figure that out later. Um, but this guy was like, really like just trying to like counterattack football, super drop back. And I just could not score. And so I ended up losing that game two zero and it kind of like burned me a little because I didn't think he was like that great of a player, but it did highlight to me that narrow drop back is probably a very good starter way to play because no one knows really like what skill moves to use to create the space. And that's what I think it's like when you have that congestion in front of people and they don't know what skill move to use, like for these first four or five days of this game until people figure out what's the right move to do to unlock the space, it's probably like a good actual uh, way to play the game. Uh, I just don't enjoy playing that way. So I don't do it and I won't ultimately do it. But I do, I do think right now, at least, drop back is effective, narrow is effective, and it was a little bit difficult. Uh, one thing I did do was add in Isak, the, uh, he's the La Liga Swedish striker. Swedish striker. He's tall, he's like 6'4", and I scored a bunch of headers with him. So like that has opened up a little bit of play, and that has been kind of fun just to explore, like heading, like crossing, heading, actually kind of seems like a real thing to do. I mean, I guess the drop back, if there's eight guys in the box, like there's a good chance someone's going to clear it out. But I guess a lot of your opponents, like they may have shitty players. So it's still a viable option. I would recommend people try it out. It feels a little bit more likely to score a header than it did last year, at least for me at this stage of the game. I have heard that too. I have not yet scored any headers, but I've heard that too. It seems to be kind of a consistent theme. So you're not alone there. 
So that's good. So you mentioned one thing about running in the squad squad and I brought up one to hit back on this. So us plebeians got the game 10 hours ago or so. But game changers and other folks that EA deemed worthy got the game on, I believe Monday, maybe Sunday. And I think some people might have gotten even earlier than that. And I'm very interested to hear how you feel about that. To me, I have two kind of separate thoughts. One, getting the game early for these guys, letting them record videos, hype up the game and stuff. I'm totally cool with, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I have a problem personally with the fact that they got into ultimate team and not just kind of playing some demo type for not, not not actually a demo, but just kind of a, like, I don't know, some type of version of the game that would get reset today so that these guys, you know, most of them are good guys. Like Nate, the foot accountant, someone who I is one of my favorite people in this community got early access to this game stuff. Great dude you know, got to, got to play early, all that stuff, like great for him. So it's not like it's their fault or like they're nefarious people or anything like that. And obviously everyone who's watching YouTube videos of all these guys, like we, we all watch them because we well, like- Literally all of us, if any one of us was offered the chance to play two days absolutely. earlier, all of us would have taken it and done it. Like, so it's like- Absolutely. It's no individual's fault for, for Yeah, this is, this is an EA fault where it's a competitive mode and you're talking about things like there's rivals rewards coming out tonight, or we're not going to talk about weekend league really on this episode since we're going to record again in a couple of days. But I mean, just the competitive scene entirely is altered by allowing the most influential, the most involved people to get a head start. The biggest traders got a head start. So they don't need a head start in this game to you know make a million coins in a couple of days. But before I had access, several of these people had 300,000 coins. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. I think it, I mean, ultimately it doesn't matter. No, who cares? But it is a weird thing. And I just kind of don't love it. Obviously I understand the need to like, it's a business. They need to hype their game and everything. But I think that to me, the tweak is just, let them have access, almost like the beta, let them have full access to the game, unlock every player in the game and just let them go fucking nuts. Let them, let them learn all the skill moves and stuff with Neymars and Mbappes and stuff. But, but then come today, Hey, here's your new squad. Like just, just learn. So I don't know. know, What do you think about that? Yeah. The only thing I think that should be different is EA should tell people that this is happening because we paid not only for an ultimate edition to get the game in a pre-release on September 27th instead of October 1st, but we then also pay EA for EA early access. So we get 10 hours on September 22nd for use between the 22nd and the 27th when the game actually launches for the ultimate edition. And it's like, oh, like you spend extra money and extra money on top of that and then you find out at the end of it, oh, there's people who we actually decided to give an even better benefit towards. I think that's pretty shitty. And like, that's just like the, as a consumer, the thing that really puts like a bad taste in your mouth is like, oh, like I'm paying a lot of money for like this extra benefits. And then I'm actually still behind the curve. Like that kind of sucks. And I know there's not 
a ton of people who are, are game changers. And like me personally, like I'm not trying to be a pro. I'm not really behind the curve. But but still- if you want to give us FIFA 23 next year, EA early, best time set, <laughs> we will absolutely play it. Hype the shit out of it on our podcast. Do yeah. live streams, whatever you want us to do, we will do it if you'll give it to us 48 hours in advance. Yeah, but what it like makes me think of it's like they should just be honest and be like, you know what? We're yeah. going to release the game for like VIPs on September 20th. And you know what? If you want to be a part of that community, uh, we're going to hold an auction and we're going to raise money for charity. And we've got, I don't know, 10,000 seats. Like whoever like buys these 10,000 seats, like yeah. to join the VIP community. Uh, I mean, then it's like, I mean, literally everything yeah. else in the world kind of operates that way. Like if you want to go to a concert, you can pay a premium to get like this, like ultra diamond triple VIP package to go see your favorite band, get backstage access and pass. And like, Hey, let me go play a game with Castro while he's like doing his draft things or whatever, because I paid a thousand dollars to like join this thing early. Like, I don't know, make it an event, but like at least let people know that it's happening. Say, Hey, we're really doing the, the real early release on the 20th. And if you want to be a part of it, here's what it costs you. Yeah. I, I'm down with that. I think it is like the real world though. And the fact that celebrities and all, all these other like kind of famous people get a lot of perks from companies for free it's like self advertising and stuff like uh, i don't know rihanna isn't paying for dolce and gabbana stuff that she's wearing or whatever like it's just it's all given to them it's this funny irony uh, especially in america where rich people actually pay less for things than just your regular old non-famous non-photograph by paparazzi people so it's kind of analogous to that so that's why i'm not really up in arms EA being shady and secretive is the least surprising thing possible. You know, I know Jamie did a video and trying to be a little more transparent about the game and stuff, and hopefully that's a good change. So we'll see on that front, but EA being secretive and not communicating with community is par for the course for as long as I've been playing FIFA. So I I just can't even get upset about that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like, when you talk about like players like you and me, it's like, okay, fine. EA ignored us. But when it's like players like Nepenthes and Nick run the foot market who like literally weren't a lot on the game until you or I were on EA early access, like to me, that's insane. Like they're like, well, I thought they were, but no, they, they, okay. they didn't get in. And so they're like two of the biggest people on the platform. And I think that's just an insane proposition by EA to not even like let people know that that was coming or, the whole thing's crazy. Uh, anyway, let's transition back well, a little one more last thing, to the One game. last thing. I just want. I just want to say one last thing is, I don't understand why we have only ten hours. It's never made sense to me. It's a weird thing. Like, like I understand the trial part of it. If you don't pay for the game, why you only get ten hours? Totally makes sense. But we bought the game. The Microsoft and Sony know we've bought the game. Why? Why do I not just? get the game now that that to me is a very strange thing i don't understand this 10 hours of whatever some minor thing i don't think either of us have an answer but that's a great point strange yeah uh fair point uh there's literally no answer to that so i don't know uh anything else you want to talk about gameplay from the the games that you had while you played yeah you know i i mean i found it pretty slow always hard to know if that's 
my players or the new game, I think every year it does always feel a little slow, but partly because you are slow trying to figure out what to do as opposed to the automated like responses you're going to have three months from now. Uh, I, I don't know. It still did feel even trying to factor that in. It felt a little slow, like the animations, like my players took longer than I was expecting to kick and take passes and things like that. It, it felt more like using a bronze squad, even though it's using a full gold, you know, 79 plus rated squad. So it felt a little weird. I don't know if you felt that any, or maybe it was just like, I just don't have the right players yet. No, I think that's totally true. I think there's different animations and players, they take like extra touches. It's like yeah. not exactly, I, I can't anticipate what my players are going to do. And so somehow that leads to them taking extra touches, which slows down all of the on the ball movement, which does two things. Like one, it slows down my attack, but it also like gives the defender like a ton of time to like charge and get in my face and like do something about it. And so I am in, I spend a ton of time passing back, like back to the CVs to like, just get some space. And I think part of that is like not knowing the right time to like hit the right stick or left stick to like move my players in the right way and like move around with the ball. And it may also be because I have 82 rated gold, center mids who just aren't that good on the ball uh tbd on that but it definitely feels very 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 slow especially coming off the back of playing yesterday with like literally the best players possible in fifa 21 and so there's there's a little bit of hangover of just that transition of moving back to to pretty much a shitty starter squad so hard for me to say Feels slower than FIFA 21. I can't tell if it's good, bad, or indifferent, but uh, it the game definitely feels slower for sure. And I, I may end up liking it. I, I I don't know yet. Same. I mean, I think generally, if I I would personally prefer a slower game. Uh, I mean, I think probably theoretically both of us would because we are older and our fast twitch muscles are not as Amen. as a 16 year old. So it might benefit us in the long run once we figure out the game but i agree with you some of the touches and stuff like that it did feel like my players were making taking three touches or something before passing the ball when i would expect like oh i was just trying to set this ball up move it from your right foot to your left foot and instead you did like a right foot left foot right foot and then pass it was strange so, right but it's like over yeah, time we'll like you out. do you do it like 20 times, maybe you, you start to recognize the pattern, you do it a hundred times and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop doing it that way. You're like, yeah, I, I think there's exactly. somewhat of a learning curve. I think we're in a spot where we can give a little forgiveness on that. Um, but it's, it's definitely something to watch. The game feels yep. definitely slower. Agreed. And then obviously as we get better players, but that will probably increase as well. So probably this time next week when we record, you know, we'll have some more thoughts on that. So Andrew, I'd love to transition us off of gameplay a little, like, I want to hit like your wheelhouse. Like this is really where I think you offer more than me in terms of like, how does a person start a game and build coins? Like there are so many ways to jump into a new cycle of FIFA and I have been very clear. I'm just going to ignore all of it. I'm just going to play the game. And see what happens but there are 
probably the majority of players are like, should I join a Patreon? Should I pay for a coach and have them teach me how to play? Uh, should I just do objectives? Should I spend money on FIFA points? Like there's such a gamut of like, how do you find an advantage in FIFA and when is the right time to do it? And what's the right avenue? And like, what are your thoughts on just what people should consider? In our last podcast, I talked a bit about the fact, you guys all know I've been playing MLB a ton. That game rewards you for playing the game a lot more than FIFA does. The the equivalent of making Division One or qualifying for Weekend League or something gets you a substantial reward and it's a tradable reward. And so to me, that's like, that's personally how I want to do FIFA as well. It, FIFA obviously doesn't lend itself to that as much. You have to trade. They, they even bitched in a, I forgot the response last year when people were like, you know, not making coins off the gameplay or whatever. FIFA's response was like, you need to be good at all aspects of the game, including trading. And it doesn't matter if you're like a top 10 player or some crazy shit. That's like that. basically exactly what they said. And then somehow Nick, who's the perfect combination of all those things, they didn't yeah. treat as a game changer and let him play the game early. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, so all this said is like my actual ideal would be to just get to play the game, trade occasionally, like, you know, just kind of like dive in, like, oh, I need a hundred thousand coins here. I'll focus my time. I don't know, do 625, 85 times 10 packs and make some money. So let's start on a few of those things. So trading Patreons. I've never been a part of a trading Patreon. So I need to caveat that, but there's a reason. And it's because I don't think they offer much value. I certainly have muted the shit out of them on Twitter. So I don't see all the spams about join my Patreon. And this is like what the happy customer said and all that stuff. There is no possible fucking way any Patreon is offering you better advice than Nick or Nate who are doing it for free on YouTube and on Twitch. They, they are two of the best. There's plenty, there's plenty of other good guys out there. Um, I don't want to even list them all off, but I, I can, if you DM me, I'm happy to tell you a ton, you know, Paul, the foot dad, he's not playing FIFA this year, I think, but I bet he will just like me. Cause he's an addict, just like all of us. So he'll give great trading advice on, on Twitter. He might just start randomly spouting it out. Cause he's just like a fountain of knowledge. I do it too. Right. Like, I'll just say like, Hey, I've invested in, you know, Hey, 84 informs are at discard value buy infinite amount of them because you're going to make coins. There's so much free advice out there. I think, I mean, if you're just starting out trying to make coins and trading and stuff, probably just watching Nate, the foot accountants videos, which he posts literally every day. He's on like a 700, 800 day streak or some crazy shit like that. He posts every single day. He, he knows the entire market backwards and forwards. He's elite at this stuff. And it's free. It's free. It just takes your, 10, 15, 20 minutes of your time per day and you'll learn so much. And so to me, joining a trading Patreon is not worth it. And also- Is there, what any, I, is there any counter of like where you could think like, why would someone even want to spend 10, 20 so bucks a month to be a part of it? My, yeah, my understanding is they do give you very specific advice, right? Someone like Nick or Nate, they have too big of a following to give you detailed like, hey, go buy gold Bruno Fernandez right now because he's about to get an inform and go out of packs. 
they can't do that. They kind of do that, but just by purely even hinting at something like that, they artificially boost the price of a card. So they really can't do that effectively. I do think trading Patreons do that more, but they have the same effect. Like if, if they have 20 members and all 20 members go do the same thing, then whatever the price of a card is rises. And that's actually one of the things that bad Patreons get called out for is the fact that the people running the Patreon go buy 200 of a card, invest all their coins in it, then tell their Patreon to buy it an hour later. And it artificially, you know, just as arbitrage, like a couple thousand coin profit per thing. They can make 400, 500,000 coin profit just by their own Patreons buying into their shit. So that is some of the negativities about it. So so I do think there's an ease of use of like, it literally will give you direct advice and like there will have direct links to people who you could DM and stuff. But quite frankly, again, like there's a ton of people out there who you can direct message and stuff and who will respond to you immediately. And so I think trading and Patreons are not worth the money they give you. And part of that is because you, the next thing I think you mentioned was, you know, does coaching tips help you? Yes and no. So uh, a number of things. One, the game doesn't really reward you for good gameplay. I mean, obviously it does on the like gross ends of are you a division five player versus a division one player? Like obviously you're going to make more coins by winning games and like being in a higher division and stuff like that. You get just better rewards generally on the margins of like, did you win 17 games or 20 games in weekend league? I don't think you get the rewards from that. All of that said, I think coaching is worth it. Personally, I, uh, I think you guys all know that I am friends with John, who is the CEO founder of Foot Coaching. He now has an elite team of both pros and coaches. I think that's super worth it. Every time I've ever worked with them, used them, I get such good detailed feedback. It improves my game so significantly that I, for me, it's worth the money because it increases my enjoyability of the game because I am now making less stupid mistakes. I am playing better. I do think like Patreons, there's some shitty coaches out there. Uh, I, I'm actually not going to call any of them out, but I do think there's some who give very generic advice that you or I could very easily give to people for free of you're not telling anyone anything. And especially the guys who kind of like say, basically say like spam the shit out of the meta FIFA 21. They would say, Oh, you're not dropping back enough. You're not spamming enough, like long through balls. It's like, yeah, that's technically true, but that's not what I'm trying to get better at is like breaking the game. So if you only care about winning, there are other coaches out there like that. Foot coaching is much more about evaluating how you play and making you kind of a, it honestly is probably more akin to if you were some, somehow if they were able to do this for you as an actual human player, as opposed to, you know, an, an e-game player. To me, that's somewhat how their analysis works is like kind of thinking of it from that level. I don't know. So happy to talk to anybody more about that if they're interested in it. And of course, get you connected to folks and things like that. If you are interested in coaching, I've always found it worth it, worthwhile. Uh, one thing I might say is at the very beginning, maybe don't maybe give give them a little time to learn the game. So the, the they obviously can 
the game is relatively similar from year to year. So it's, I'm sure if you got coaching tips from day one, it will be very helpful and they will know that there's shit and everything like that, but you might get more bang for your buck in the middle of October than you will on September 22nd as they'll, they'll know more about the game too. Just like Tyler and I don't know anything about this game. They also just got the game today or Monday. I don't think those guys that I mentioned got it early, but maybe they didn't. Uh, hopefully they did because then they'll know more about it and be able to offer better advice. But either way, they will play the shit out of this game when they get the chance and they'll give you great advice going forward. So I think coaching tips is worth it. And then um, what about the avenue of buying FIFA points? That feels like the other direct avenue of which people are looking to gain the edge. And frankly, most common, like that's probably what most people do to try to get ahead. So I have a lot of thoughts on this and I have evolved over the years as we've gotten older, as I've gotten kid, I now have two children. So my views on like time value of money and stuff has greatly changed and kind of just the way I view this video game in general. First things first, if you're going to spend money on this game, please only spend within your means. Don't, it's just a fucking video game. Like if you even if you're a pro like the pros aren't even making enough money off of it it's only if you're a twitch streamer and then in that case create your own llc and you get to write it off as a business expense and so you're good anyways um but so unless you are a professional twitch streamer do please dear god do not spend with all your means like i i've heard of people spending thousands of dollars in this game which seems insane to me like it's fine i'm sure you like are doing it for good reasons and stuff and hopefully you can afford to but thousands of dollars sounds crazy to me right i mean but if you found Personally. out jesse lingard spent three thousand yeah. pounds on this game like it'd be okay. fine like, yeah it's different it, different obviously different person <laughs> like right he probably spends zero dollars and gets an unlocked squad because again just like we talked about the game changers but yeah obviously if you were making i have no idea about lingard but i don't know if messy if messy dropped a thousand a thousand dollars a week on fifa you know that's like pennies to him right he probably makes a thousand dollars or more in his interest per day so um right so obviously it's everything's relative so first things first please do not spend beyond your means you can you do not need to spend a penny on fifa to have the best squad possible we just talked about tyler ending fifa 21 with a 99 rated squad and he had an elite squad year round without spending a dollar on FIFA. Trading takes some time. So right, there is some time investment it takes to get money. Obviously there's also time investment to get good at the game and playing the game, but you can do anything you wanna do in this game for no money. I've had more than 50 million transfer profit in a year without spending a dime on this game. It's very possible. All that said, I think I'm gonna spend FIFA money on FIFA points this year. And I think I'm gonna do it right. I think I'm gonna, spend, I think I'm gonna do it right now too. So the number one thing is, Today is the best day to do it. LaCroix, 79 rated LaCroix is going for 30K. He is extinct at 30K right now. Shout out to FootWiz, by the way. FootBin doesn't have prices right now. FootWiz does. F-U-T-W-I-Z.com. I know they're not as popular, but they've got fucking prices up and it's awesome. He is extinct at 30K. Um, that's a 79 rated gold card. Who's awesome, by the way. And if I packed him, I would use him for the rest of the game until like team of the year because he's going to be incredible. So the value you get out of having to spam the shit out of premium gold packs is at the all-time high right now, I think. 
the reason I think I'm going to buy it, some few points, is a, a, a few reasons. One, I just mentioned I have two children, so I'm not going to have time to play this game or trade that I have in the past. I'm also playing other games. I'm playing MLB The Show incredibly competitively right now. I'm actually on a push. I'm like one win away from making Division One in that game, and Division One in that game is way harder to make than Division One in FIFA just because there's like a less of a player base or some shit. I don't know. So I'm not actually planning to stop playing that, but I do want to keep playing FIFA, and so I don't have time to devote to kind of like spending three to four hours per day trading or stuff and i just kind of want to get a head start so just getting the head start to kind of give me a nice boost to get going it's going to be worth it i think for me we'll see um probably going to do it tonight actually probably load up some fifa points and just kind of see where it goes tonight open all the packs on the web app as a reminder open on the web app because there's no reason to do any trading or anything to waste your 10 hours except for playing games the other thing I was thinking of is for us, we're old ass adults. I had dinner with my wife and my son, my son who eats food because we have a nine month old who doesn't, or he doesn't eat nachos or something. So my three-year-old, my wife and I spent about as much as I would on like 12,000 FIFA points. We spent, I don't know, 80 or $90 on dinner at a Mexican restaurant tonight for just normal food, right? Fajitas and nachos and margaritas and stuff like that. And I just was kind of like, I'm going to play FIFA for like a thousand hours. This was like 30, 45 minutes of my life. It's probably a better personal investment for me because I can afford it. Like I'm in a stage of life where I'm old and like have a lot of stuff settled and, you know, all that stuff where I can, afford to spend the equivalent of one dinner for something I'm going to do for a long time. Uh, I think someone who's kind of converted me to that thinking is Eric Japes too. He um, has said this for a long time. Like if you're going to play this game for thousands of hours, you know, spending a couple of hundred bucks or 50 bucks or whatever it is, you're getting a great time value of money boost on this game. If you do it kind of on day one. So I think I'm going to do it. It feels like moving to the dark side but i do see the reason to do it i i am very concerned about all of the addictive natures of buying fifa points and stuff like i'm not personally concerned like oh i'm not going to go spend two thousand dollars on fifa points this year i like have personal concerns about how ea is sketchy with fifa points and targeting kids it's the same reason a lot of governments are and so i don't love the idea of it and i think i've been somewhat opposed to it generally because i know a lot of people are who play this game are children and who spend fifa points are children and that is terrible it's fucking terrible yeah i think that's exactly it it's like in the rationalization which you just gave is the amount of time that you're going to spend and maybe the incremental enjoyment and whatnot that you'll have from the freedom from being able to use cards that you like actually is a very rational rational way to think about entertainment and how that plays value in your life and i think in itself is is totally justifiable i think the the challenge really does become and what you were just speaking to is the addictive nature of it is does that then groom you to then want Exactly. To spend a hundred dollars every weekend where you're like, well, I'm going to play this weekend. And like, 
you know, we didn't go out to Mexican dinner uh, this weekend because my wife is sick. So I'm going to spend that $100 instead on FIFA points and see if I can pack that team of the week Neymar. And then, yeah. you know, two weekends later, it's like, oh, it's raining or it's snowing. I want to spend another $100. And like, that is where it starts to like snowball. And that's where EA starts to really make their money is they start to take that rational behavior and they always put that new carrot in front of you of like, oh, there's this bigger and better thing out there as the game progresses that's always enticing is the allure to spend never really goes away. And I think it takes a very focused centered person to recognize like, I am only doing this at the start for this very specific purpose. And like, I only am trying to avoid what I don't like about the very start of this game and have like this very concrete wall around why I'm not doing exactly. it in the future. Well, and another way to think about it, the other way I'm kind of trying to think about it is you spent a hundred dollars on the game. I spent a hundred dollars on the game to buy it for the edition. We spent $50 or $40 or whatever more to get the ultimate edition as opposed to the regular edition. I'm trying to view it as, man, what if I could have just spent $200 on the game and gotten all these FIFA points loaded up on my account initially too, which we're going to in like a few days anyways, get those 5,000 FIFA points or whatever. But um the other reason actually i want to buy them tonight is because i want to get in the fifa points before everyone else gets all their fucking points and the the market is going to go bananas when that happens so fodder is going to go fodder is going to go down everything like elite players are going to go to the goddamn moon so today this is the time to do it before everyone gets their fifa points by the way but generally my thought is yeah like i'd be willing to spend two hundred dollars on this game and then to also have like a hundred packs to open to start the game. So I'd be willing to do that, but then you're right. And we're, you're going to have to keep me honest and everyone will keep me honest. And I'm not too concerned about it. Cause I do kind of hate FIFA points, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, I just can't imagine I'm going to get addicted. I'm just, I just want the boost and the jump start, and hopefully it will get my um, experience going and no road to glories here this year for me and let's just like see how it goes and maybe i'll start a separate account as a road to glory later if the game gets boring but to me i i have made this kind of full switch in my mind but i do want you guys to know that you do not have to buy fifa points you you can it is a more of a grind it takes more of an effort but you don't have to buy fifa points andrew i think that's great advice i think it's a great story uh i agree with you i I'm interested to hear how you feel about your usage of FIFA points if you decide to go that route. Look forward to hearing about it. We did get a couple of questions from our listeners. I think we should punt them to, we're going to do another episode pretty soon, probably over the weekend. So I'd say let's let's come back to those uh, once we have a little bit more time. I think we've kind of covered everything uh, that we needed to on this episode. Are there any parting words that you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, no. Uh, thank you, Kevin and Adam, for sending in your questions. We are going to get to them, I, I promise. Hopefully, we will record on Sunday. Um, so we have them in our show notes. We will get to them. If anyone else listening has questions, please hit us up. We love getting questions. We love answering them. Um, Andrew, where can people find you on Twitter to ask you those questions? I am at foot underscore AST. And I think I'm probably going to stream some on Twitch, these games too, that I'm Ooh, playing nice. uh, probably in the next couple of days. I'm still trying to figure out this microphone. Like I'm recording on a microphone for our podcast, but for some reason it doesn't 
work well with Xbox. I'm trying to figure out how to make all that work so that you guys could actually hear me and not just see me. Uh, but you know, I'm on Twitch, same thing, foot underscore AST. Might see me playing MLB too. But what about you, Tyler? And we also have a, I am sure everybody subscribes to our show's Twitter account, but where is it anyways? Yeah, you can find the show at foot underscore FIX, and you can find me at Pace of a Tortoise. And with that, thanks everyone for joining. This has been your weekly hit of the Foot Fix.